0: Welcome to another episode of Tacos and To I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And I think we have another fun one.
1: <laughs> I know being a
0: true crime Kate, like podcast saying fun isn't like ideal, but
1: everything we do is fun.
0: Yeah, I mean it's fun and like enjoyable for us to like investigate and learn new information, but. Uh... <laughs> I feel like it's, it's just like a little, it's not as heavy as some of the other cases we did. And to be honest, I have a lot on my list that are pretty heavy cases. So it's nice to break it up sometimes.
1: That is very true. And like when I was going through my list of cases, I was like, everything's like unsolved, solved cases, like true crime, like somebody got killed. Let's do something different or go back to... You know, I was looking for a ghost case, actually, and then I found too many. So I didn't go that way. But
0: (laughs) I should do a ghost case eventually. But I I think I'll I'll think I might do a heavy one next. So I guess enjoy it, people. (laughs) While this
1: fun one's here. It's nice to mix it up. So not everything's so heavy where you want to go and listen to an Adele song and drink some wine after you listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> That's my mood most days.
0: <laughs> well, I guess I don't have anything fun and exciting, like or fun exciting news or anything right now. Do you have anything to share, Sid? No. Okay. I don't think so. I didn't think so, but I figured I'd ask and not just assume. <laughs> so <No. laughs> I can uh, let you dive right into it then.
1: Awesome. So Charles Mill is a reservoir or an artificial lake that was created by a dam to store fresh water. It is located in central Ohio and is located in both Richland and Ashland County. The lake is said to be a quiet place for boating, camping, fishing, hunting, and hiking. So your ideal place to get away. The lake was constructed in 1935 and overall has an area between 1,300 acres to 6,000 acres. Um, I know Peyton and I have talked about this before with the waters and the mountain ranges, but there's always that chance or thought for, our, for an uncharted territory where humans may be unable to reach when there's that amount of area. Um, whether the lake is super deep or whether there's just an area somewhere out in the middle that maybe is uncommon for people to get to. I feel like that's a lot of area of a lake that it wouldn't be completely unheard of for something to be roaming out there. Right. On March 28th, 1959, Denny Patterson, Wayne Armstrong, and Michael Lane were near Charles Mill Lake when they saw what they they believed to be a seven-foot-tall creature with two legs, webbed feet, and large green eyes. One thing that stood out to the boys was that the creature they saw appeared to be armless, and immediately after the sighting, they reported it to the police. Which, to their surprise, when they returned to the lake, they were unable to locate this seven-foot figure there because it's not going to hang out and wait for the police to come. But they were able to. I would not.
0: I'd be like, I gotta go.
1: (laughs) I just, I just. It's one of those things. It's like almost comical to think like, oh, I just saw this creature. Let me call the cops. Like they are (laughs) going to help me right now when they're probably also like, are you on drugs? Are you drunk? Just, like, are on a tangent, sure?
0: on a side note, I just recently watched E.T. for the first time. <laughs> what? Um. So, my mom, when I was in Florida, was talking about how great this movie is. And I was like, yeah, I've never seen it. And she's like, are you kidding me? Fun fact, my sister hasn't either. So, realistically, it's her fault she never made us watch it growing up. What? Um, I mean, it was, it was good. I wouldn't watch it again. I mean... I guess watching it now in 2022 and it's like over 40 years old at this point, you know what I mean? so the quality is just like, maybe if they made a remake, but anyways, this is why (laughs) I'm I'm going on. I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. I'm very sorry. I love Drew Barrymore and I really wanted to watch it for the simple fact that she's so cute uh, when she was little. (laughs) So, um, but I thought about this because in the very beginning of ET, there's like someone who sees the um, ship, right? So they and they gotta go and they leave ET there, and then there's like a full-blown investigation launched. It's I true. I am so confused, like because normal people, if they call the police and are like, "Hey, I just saw this out in the woods," they're gonna be like, "You're a nut job."
1: Absolutely, and if there I've is I've heard any... a lot
0: of alien stories like that. So like
1: yes, I feel like also if there is like any sort of like investigation that's taking place, it's not one that other people know about. It's like the FBI and like the people that hang out at Area 51 are looking into it. No one else is. <laughs> like those are the people that know about that. Yeah, it's like the the public.
0: So like every time we do one of these cases or like. You know, someone has a Bigfoot sighting or, like, something like that. And you're, like, reading it and they're investigating. I can't imagine that, like, these investigators, these detectives, and these little towns, like, really genuinely take it seriously. They're probably, like, these people are crazy. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But how many times could it be accurate? We don't know.
1: That's true, and it's also one of those things, though, I guess, like, if you were in a situation like that where you saw a seven-foot creature with two legs, it has webbed feet, it's got these big green eyes, and it has no arms, like, who do you call? I guess, like, realistically, yes. (laughs) They would probably help you more than the police would. Come on down, Bill Murray! (laughs) Typically, when, like, you fear for your life or, like if there's an incident happening, people go to the police. So like they don't know who the fuck else to call.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think like especially with a creature being seven foot tall or however tall it is, I'd be like, uh yeah, this is like very scary. I need you to like come protect me. So I think I would call the police, but also
1: I I guess I don't I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like it's one of those things like who who do you call like realistically you keep it to yourself or okay well when we I I told (laughs) everyone before
0: I told Sid before everyone else obviously before we started recording that I got on this tangent and like a side note of like a rabbit hole I fell down while investigating so I do have a theory of someone you could call Sid we will get
1: into that later (laughs) great (laughs) I'll leave that there then. Okay. So they go to report it to the police. It it says that they reported it to the police. So, I mean, they're probably running from this area. They're not going to pull out their cell phone. It's 1959. So when they get back to the scene, obviously, the creature's gone. It's not going to hang out and wait for the cops to come back and to freak the cops out, too. But they did find some tracks that had appeared to resemble... Foot gear that would be worn by skin or scuba divers from the webbed feet. Dun, dun, dun. But that was the only trace of evidence that they had. <laughs> and maybe someone was scuba diving in the local lake. You never know. There was I, another. What? I was going to say, I just, I have some comments on
0: this theory later,
1: but I'll let you tell your story. <laughs> okay. There was another sighting in 1963 where the monster was described as luminous and green-eyed. There is another creature in Ohio that is called Orange Eyes. Orange Eyes is said to be 11 feet tall, over a 1,000 pounds, hairy, and is said to have been driven out of a sewer tunnel near a Cleveland cemetery and into the north-central Ohio Lake. Which I feel like the tidbit of the tunnel near a Cleveland cemetery needed to be included. A hundred percent. I was just laughing my ass off when I read that. I was like, that is just too absurdly proper of where he came from. <laughs> they, like, have a very
0: specific theory.
1: Yes. <laughs> but why Orange Eyes gets thrown into this is the stories of the two often intertwine being that they are both these large, uh, beyond belief creatures. And some people believe that there is not two separate creatures, but instead that they are the same monster and that there's just different takes on them. Or one might have been the early version of it. And then now it's grown into this orange eyes that has hair and changed over time. I have no idea. For myself, when I kind of think of these creatures or I kind of think of, like, a campfire story that sort of came with them. So, I went to summer camp growing up. I hated summer camp growing up. I had to go every year. (laughs) Worst fucking thing that ever happened in my life. I do have some good (laughs) stories to talk about it now, but, like, I was the person. My mom's probably going to listen to this and laugh her ass off. I would send letters every single day, like, why do you hate me, mom? Why did you make me come here? (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you? I was so excited to
0: be gone. Meanwhile, like, I didn't know, like, people, like, you were miserable. (laughs) Or, like, my boyfriend, he also went to summer camp. He literally tried to run away from summer camp one time.
1: I, the last time (laughs) that I went, so, like, they always explained to us, like, okay, don't go don't pass like, go in anyone's yard. Don't go in the streets. Like Don't go through any tunnels. And so my last year that I went, I needed to find a tunnel. I needed to find someone's yard. And I needed to find the street. And I found all of them. But I did nothing with the information. But I was just pissed <laughs> the whole time. It was just so, it just reached a point where I was like, why do we keep going back here? But like being older now, and I have a lot of good stories from it. Oh, I'm for sure sending
0: my future kids to summer camp.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, because I'm going to just want to get rid of my fucking kids. Like, (laughs) that's probably what my mom did, too. Like, this annoying-ass kid, go to summer camp. Get out of here. (laughs) At summer camp that I appreciated when I was there was the stories that they would tell. So we would have the campfire, and they would tell us all the stories about this lake that we were on and, like, there was supposed to be like a Romeo and Juliet couple that sailed out on this lake and then they died and like all kinds of weird stuff so going back to this Charles Mill Lake monster reminded me of like that summer camp story that would have been a story that they would have told us like oh there's this monster that comes out with webbed feet and like there's only been a handful of sightings and a lot of the stuff that they talked about also at camp was like Native American related stories like that's what that romeo and juliet story kind of went back to so those like all just got intertwined in my head so like (laughs) this was making me think of camp and like native american tribes and history and all of those things and i feel like that's just how my head works now you guys are probably like what the fuck is going on (laughs) but going off of that when i had searched just like charles mill like in general one Of the things that I found was that the area around the lake had had several violent events that had taken place between the settlers and the Native Americans. Um, in the War of 1812, there was an attack that took place, forcing the Plaqua Indians from their homes, and the Native Americans had attacked settler Frederick Simmer and his family, killing him, his wife, and daughter, and their neighbor. A few Days later, there was another group of people who were killed defending um, a home, and the family was killed. So I thought it was really interesting to share that there was this Native American land where these creatures are being spotted, that there was also these very violent attacks that had happened, and that, you know, this might be a little far-fetched, but... That this creature could have been some sort of, like, reincarnation of something of that sort because of the Native American land. You know what I'm getting with this? Like,
0: I do. And here's why I'll say I do. A lot of people might not. Um, so, like, the Upper Peninsula and, like, very northern Michigan are, or at least used to be, very heavily populated Native American grounds. Mm-hmm. Um. My understanding is that, like, from research I've done, just, you know, for fun, educating myself, that Mackinac City and, like, Mackinac Island, I'm pretty sure Mackinac Island used to be, like, an Indian burial ground from, like, hundreds of years ago. Uh, And when it was settled, it was obviously taken over, commercialized, and now it's, like, a highly tourist populated area. (laughs) In, like, Very highly the summer times. Like, I mean, you can't even find a hotel to stay there sometimes. Uh, they're so booked in advance. So, there are a lot of weird Michigan, um, I don't know how to, like, like animals, to- monsters, creatures, yes. that date back to Native American times that are still talked about. And to be, like, really frank and honest, that – what you picture of, like, forests and getting lost and no signal, like, that is very real up in the Upper Peninsula. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) when I was up there and we went to go – we were hiking and we were driving around from, like, different, like, hiking spots. And I literally – like, I didn't even have service to, like, use my GPS – to drive back to our hotel I just knew like hey I have to go east and I came in on this road I'll keep going till I see a sign sure sure like that's literally (laughs) I was like I know where I'm kind of at but I don't like that's and I've been there out out there at night even now where it's like I'm driving on like a one lane dirt road in the middle of like overbearing trees and literally anything could be out there because it's
1: pitch black oh yeah they don't have street lights they don't even have like house lights half the time like yeah you know what's going on out there so to think that like at least
0: back in 1959 that there was something out there i don't think is off the table to be, like i don't think that like oh these people are crazy you gotta like picture it's by the water <laughs> at night in 1959 it is very dark Sure. There aren't, like, street lights like there are now. Um, I'm sure, like, there wasn't, you know, like, security and all this kind of stuff. that Like, security lights or anything like that. Safety lights. None of that. So, it it is probably very dark. Uh, Sounds also travel very oddly and, like, eerily over water. So, like, I'm sure that didn't help the situation. And them being teenagers, I don't discount that they saw something. What it is, I don't know. But I do think that, like, with the history of the area and it being, like, the time where you couldn't see anything and, like, hear anything clearly and it was very dark, I think it is very possible that it's something other than someone I don't know if I went on a tangent there a little bit
1: definitely a thing not a someone there's definitely a lot of like creatures out there and it being so dark maybe I feel like some of those things like you know we talked about the beast of railroad I feel like they're kind of like maybe aware of themselves so they know you know when someone else is out there or like are thinking no one can see them And then go out in those times. Like, they're not just, like, walking around during the daylight. Like, they're aware of their surroundings, almost. So maybe they assumed it's so dark, no one's gonna see me. And these three kids are like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, and so... I had, like, the theories, like, tab that I, like, wrote in my notes. And I wrote a lot of, like, tangents even in my notes. So I'll summarize here. But obviously... Them seeing, like, the webbed feet tracks that could be, like, a skin diver or uh, snorkeling, basically, because I googled what skin diving was, and it's essentially snorkeling. Mm -hmm. So, like, I had a few points that, like, really make me feel like I wasn't a person. And one, before I even get into that one, I do think because it is dark, the height could have been like, disorienting based off, like, shadows and stuff like that, but, so, like, one of my points is, like, you know, if there was a person and it was a person out there, like, skin diving or snorkeling or whatever, if they're that tall, I'm guessing if they're doing it at night, they're local, and I'm guessing if you know a seven-foot-tall local, you're gonna go talk to them first and be like, hey, were you out there? Like, I mean, especially, you know, think small town 1959. I'm sure if there's someone in your town that's seven
1: foot tall, you know who they are. That's true. That's true. That has bright green eyes. Yeah. Enormous.
0: <laughs> so, another point I had is like, why the heck would they even be out there at night? So, like, I mentioned it being dark. The whole point of like skin diving is basically using these techniques for like breathing and essentially snorkeling, staying close to the water, but still being able to like observe the aquatic life underneath. It's dark. You can't see it. So it makes zero sense why someone would do that at night. Plus it's extremely dangerous. Like what if you got, you know, like stuck somewhere or you swallowed in water or you accidentally got out too far and you get tired and it's at night you know what I mean like it doesn't make sense to me why someone would be doing that at night and my my last point was that it doesn't explain the armless part at all
1: (laughs) true true on your second point though I definitely agree that It's a daytime activity, but I do feel like there are some weird people out there that maybe, like, they work goofy hours or whatever, so they want to do their hobby, but they do it at weird times. Like, I don't feel like that's necessarily unheard of, and no one cares if things are dangerous anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, like, wouldn't you have flashlights or something?
1: Maybe, but, like... Because you can't even see then. Also, I don't know. People are weird. I don't feel like people care about the danger aspect. You're, like, hopping off true. hopping off paths all the time. I've seen your sister do that stuff in real life. Hopping off paths that we're supposed to be on. Jumping over <laughs> things. People don't care about their lives. <laughs> yeah, they're reckless. More you probably, you're reckless. <laughs> you probably should have a flashlight, yes. But I guess I could see that. That's probably the only point that I could see from both sides, where someone might just go out there and be like, oh, well, I'll just go tonight, it's fine. You know, maybe the flashlight, like, they didn't... Because y- you wouldn't have the flashlight like, in the water with you, I guess. So if you got, just got out of the water, It's hard because I'm thinking
0: of, like, modern day, right? So, like, I'm thinking modern mm-hmm. day, if you're doing that, there's, like, all this technology to, like, be able to see at night. And That's do true. that kind of stuff at night. I'm trying to think, like, I don't... Were there... I'm guessing there probably weren't Everyday people being able to get, like, waterproof lights, (laughs) like, to go underwater, where you can do that and, like, order it off Amazon now, (laughs) like,
1: (laughs) I don't know. Let me get this headlamp from Amazon. Well, I mean, they didn't have, like, candles back then, but, (laughs) like, they definitely shouldn't have water. I don't think waterproof items were... As a pristine, <laughs> well, like as maybe not just not as perfect as they are right now. Like there wasn't guarantee that they were gonna be.
0: Yeah, and I'm guessing waterproof. it was like those types of like waterproof diving gear was probably mm-hmm. like for extreme like people who were doing expeditions and stuff. So I don't know. I did find someone that you can call though.
1: <laughs> yes, who can I call in case okay. of my cryptid experience?
0: So I went on a tangent. Highly recommend.
1: I'm going to be
0: buying his books. Um, and this name might kind of sound familiar. So, Lauren Coleman is a famous American cryptozoologist. He's written many books on famous sightings and even less faming, famous creatures or things people have seen. So, I was trying to figure out, and I even went back through our notes, like from like, from various things we've covered and I don't remember what it was if it was like the Flatwoods monster Ogopogo I have no idea but I know for a fact I've heard Lauren Coleman's name and so I'm like when I saw him in like the notes I was like I gotta figure out why so apparently he's like one of the most prolific cryptozoologists ever (laughs) he's written books on Bigfoot the Yeti, the Loch Ness Monster, Mothman. He has one titled Weird Ohio. And he literally just talks about all of the different sightings that he's investigated in Ohio.
1: There's a lot of weird shit in Ohio. Yeah, well, apparently there
0: is. Um, I don't think, I didn't see if you mentioned it. It's one of my fun facts. Um, <laughs> so, like, there's a lot of like cryptids in Ohio. And I did I have heard of the Loveland frogman before. And that's in Loveland, Ohio, which is another super famous cryptid. And it's like literally about a hundred miles away.
1: <laughs> so Ooh. like doing
0: this research, there was at least four or five cryptids that like were intertwined or in the area. So I yes. thought that was pretty wild. But so I did see that Lauren Coleman investigated this. Charles Mill Lake Monster, he did go to the site where, like, the teenagers saw the creature. So, I'll give you a quote of what he said in 1985 following his, like, investigation. A green-eyed, seven-foot-tall, seemingly armless humanoid seen late in March 1959 by Michael Lane, Wayne Armstrong, and Dennis Patterson came out of the lake and left behind tracks that resembled the foot gear worn by skin divers the thing was seen again in 1963 and described as luminous and green-eyed i examined the site of these encounters and can testify to the charles mill lakes swampy affinities certainly a good home for a black lagoon beast so obviously his mention in 1963 is like potentially linked to the other cryptid too. Uh but I thought it was really interesting. He actually got a lot of hate from this comment that he made because everyone was like, "Oh, this is like science fiction. Why are you comparing like science and fake stuff like a bl- the black the creature from Black Lagoon and things like that?" He was basically stating, like, scientifically speaking, like, it's not unheard of because of these, like, you know, uh, characteristics and the qualities of the area. Even in 85, he was like, it's very possible that, like, something is there. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. I would for sure call Lauren Michaels. I went to his website. Uh, Lauren Coleman sorry I went to his website and there's also a cryptozoology museum which I do think we should eventually go to <laughs> where's the museum at uh let Ohio. Me see if it's Ohio I'm for sure going for a weekend maybe I'll do that for my birthday <laughs> oh that could be fun um no it's in
1: Portland Maine Maine's pretty cool there's some creepy stuff there too
0: I mean, he's worked with the people on, like, what is it, the History Channel that have the Finding Bigfoot show. Oh, God, not that show. He's, like, worked with, like, a lot of those shows. So, like, people who are investigating, like, uh, cryptids. And he is super involved. And the the museum says it has a wide range of ex... (laughs) Exhibitions from rare, one-of-a-kind scientific zoological specimens to popular cultural homages to the relevant anthropo I can't say all of this. This is a lot of words. Science. Basically, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Um, it doesn't look that expensive. It's $10. But
1: <laughs> bet. Maybe you could do a, an East Coast...
0: They have a Sasquatch Adventure. revealed exhibit, dude. Please, because my one of my bucket list items is to eat fresh lobster in Portland, Maine.
1: Hell yeah! So my <laughs> um, my grandpa and his family is from Damariscotta. Oh. Or like so, my mom growing up would go to Damariscotta, Maine, like every single summer. So I've been there once, but. It's pretty cool. It's pretty beautiful out there. I would definitely be down. That is cool. Yeah,
0: I mean, they have, like, fecal matter from a small Yeti that was collected on an expedition in 1959 on display. A footprint cast taken in 2001. They have over 10,000 items on exhibit.
1: Interesting.
0: Oh, there's some wild pictures. We have to go. Highly recommend. Uh, he also has a lot of books that I think I'm going to purchase because there's like a lot of cool cases that he's covered that I don't, I've never heard of before.
1: I'm going to have to look now because, so the whole reason how I found this case was I was watching a travel channel show on. I don't remember which show it was, but it was on, like, different (laughs) creatures and monsters or whatever, and there was a girl that was swimming in a lake in Ohio and saw something or, like, got pulled by something, and that was the only- Oh, my God, I'm I'm out of there. (laughs) That was the only information I had, okay, Peyton, (laughs) because I wasn't, like, I was, like, paying attention, like, I wasn't, I think I was, like, sleeping, and I remember, like, waking up and being, like, one of the things was this, because- I think it was like her sister or something was the one that was talking on it. And the FBI actually like came to their door and was like, You'll never talk about this again. Like, oh don't my talk God. About it. And like, it was a huge fucking thing. So I was trying to find this case and it was in fucking Ohio, but all I had to work with was Ohio, girl in the water, getting pulled, FBI. And I couldn't find shit, but I found this. And I was like, well, it's pretty interesting, but but now I have to go and find that other case, too. So when you (laughs) said that this guy had a whole book on Ohio creatures, I was like, I'm not even fucking surprised because the amount of things that I googled when it was girl, Ohio, lake, cryptid was absurd. Like, I was actually, like, rummaging through things and all these different names are popping up. And I was like, this is wild. And it, it could very well be that they're all the same thing or, like, similar But they have a million different names for them. So I do think we covered...
0: Lauren Coleman before in Ogopogo. Because he also has an entire ass book called... The Field Guide to Lake Monsters, Sea Serpents, and Other Mystery... Denizens of the Deep. (laughs) It's gotta be. And so... Like it talks about obviously... Nessie, Champ of Lake Champlain, and then it talks about other things. And (laughs) he was a consultant to Unsolved Mysteries, A&E's Ancient Mysteries, the History Channels, In Search of History. I'm, like, so in shock that, like, I've never heard of this guy before, but, like, I'm now going to purchase all of his books. So, stay tuned, folks. You're going to probably get some more Weird Ohio stuff and Weird Lake Monsters and... um, What's one of these books I already added to my cart? Cryptozoology A to Z. The Encyclopedia of Loch Ness Monsters, Sasquatch, Chupacabras, and Other Authentic Mysteries of Nature.
1: Chupacabras in Ohio? Well... We're coming for you, Ohio. If all of our cases are now based in Ohio, don't even be surprised. (laughs) Just change the whole podcast name. (laughs) To Weird Ohio. Oddities in Ohio. (laughs) Oddities in Ohio.
0: You know, I thought we were focusing originally on, like, a lot of Michigan and Wisconsin cases. But I think it's very fitting that, like, you know, ongoing joke in the Midwest is, like, Ohio sucks. No offense to anyone who lives in Ohio that are listeners, but I'm literally in like several Midwest versus everybody type of groups on Facebook. I sent, sent a meme the other day from one, but
1: <laughs> Dude, they I just died. rag
0: on Iowa and Ohio so much. And I was like, wow, I always thought that was just a Michigan thing.
1: <laughs> no. But thing. also,
0: you know, you guys have a lot of weird things going on down there.
1: Hope Ohio.
0: and this is coming from someone who literally was like oh I want to spend a weekend in Ohio which I know sounds weird but there's like a million different museums I want to go
1: to so that's what I will probably be doing at some point this year (laughs) I've been to Ohio I think I went to well I went to the rock and roll hall of fame museum
0: in Cleveland yeah Yeah, I love
1: it that was like I think the only time I've ever been to Ohio but that was pretty cool (laughs)
0: I used to, like, growing up, we did soccer tournaments in Ohio, like, once a month. I used Mm -hmm. to know Dayton, Ohio, like, the back of my hand, and I didn't even have a driver's license yet. (laughs)
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, and then we have, you guys have six flags over there. We have Cedar Point in Ohio, and it's only a few hour drive from us. So, we used to go to Cedar Point all the time. That was always something that was
1: on my bucket list. Cedar Point? Mm-hmm. Oh, we should totally do a trip. It's the most random thing, but I, was, I always wanted to go there because I always have watched, like, the travel channel or, like, the TLC shows. And one of, before I got into, like, the, the weird oddities of the world, it was, like, places to travel to. So I heard, that's how I heard about the slide and the golden nugget was from this oh, television yeah. show. That's always something I want to do. And... This, cedar point and then they have like i don't know there's like some ride or something i would have to literally dig through my like fifth grade notebook and i can get you more details on this (laughs) um but there's like some ride or like something to do there that was like unique that you can't do like anywhere else and i was like huh that's pretty cool i'm trying to think of what it would be or food or something it was something that was unique to the park because that was my big thing with like Oh, you know, I want to do all these things, but I would like to experience something that would be unique. Like you said, you wanted fresh lobster. So like go to Maine and get a lobster roll, like something that's unique to that specific area. Oh, yeah. I'm Googling it. Bear with me. I have no idea what it would be, though. I do have it. probably. I definitely have it written down somewhere.
0: Yeah, de- we'll, we'll we'll connect later on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: Google it later.
0: I'm trying to think of like what ride it might be. But I have no idea. Oh my God! Wait, it's the second oldest operating amusement park in the U.S.
1: Interesting. See that. It opened in
0: 1870. It's way older than Disney. Disney World's celebrating its 50th
1: anniversary this year. See, this is something that would have brought me into it. Interested. This is wild. Okay,
0: yeah, we're We're just going on tangents. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. So as much as we're talking about weird Ohio, it also seems like we have turned it into an ad for Ohio. So <laughs> I'm sure in social media, one of my our posts will make eventually, will talk about recommendations or weird things in Ohio to see. So if you're in Ohio, go to social media, check it out. We
1: want to hear your recommendations. <laughs> yes. And if like, Ohio.com wants to like get an ad for us. I would be happy <laughs> to say like Ohio. Yeah, we us, can do whatever the little line is.
0: Yeah, we can do like the TV ads, but on yes. the podcast, we're totally here for it. Just for
1: Ohio, Ohio, <laughs> find it here. That's what it is. <laughs> is it? Did you just Google it? I just Google it. <laughs> That's a fitting find it
0: here, cause you can find a lot of weird stuff in Ohio. I'm for it.
1: Find a cryptid, a cryptid here.
0: <laughs> Alright. Hit me with some jokes and facts.
1: Alright. Do you are we still doing the, the jokes last?
0: I think so. Yeah, let's do that.
1: Alright. So I have to fact. think about it. <laughs> The fir- this one literally took me on a wild ride. I was like, "What?" The fuck? Oh man! <laughs> so the first the first known English language taco recipes had appeared in California cook cookbooks, starting in 1914. Bertha Hafner Ginger said that tacos were quote made by putting chopped cooked beef and chili sauce in a tortilla made of meal and flour. Okay, folded edges sealed together with egg, fried in deep fat with chili sauce served over it. Weird flex, but okay. That is just I not. Mean, it
0: almost <laughs> sounds like um, like a chimichanga with a like,
1: yes. puffy taco vibe. Once I got to like the flour folded edges sealed together with egg and then fry we're frying it in deep fat with chili sauce I'm thinking chimichanga vibes
0: yeah but I mean that's impressive and 1914 again tacos been around for over 100 years now folks in cookbooks that's I'm pretty impressed it makes me hungry (laughs) Sydney's ready to eat the rest of her lunch, folks. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay, right. hit me with the joke.
1: What do you call a blind quesadilla? What? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I so hate dumb. you so much. <laughs> this is like, I was laughing my ass off when I read this earlier, too, because I was like, oh, what was my joke for today? Like, before we got on. And I read it. I was like, it's so great. It's so dumb. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I like how you're laughing, reading the joke, and, like, waiting <laughs> to say
1: it, too. You were so excited. It was so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. I have a literal tear that's falling to my eye right now. Oh, my All God. Right. Okay,
0: well, folks, you can find us on Facebook at Tacos and
1: Tequillia Podcast. On Instagram at Just Tacos and Tequilia.
0: We also have a website, com. links to all our episodes. It's got sources. It's got a link to our merch and a contact sheet if you want to shoot us
1: an email. Yes, and there has been some people um messaging messaging us via Gmail and Instagram lately too. Again, if you keep doing that. We definitely want to hear more about what cases you guys want to hear.
0: Yeah, or even uh like any feedback. I know like one of the emails I well Sydney sent me a screenshot of, and then I eventually went on to respond. <sighs> uh, was just like giving us feedback and how like. They just started listening and we're doing great like that kind of stuff like it's so nice to hear <laughs> There was, uh,
1: so I appreciate it <laughs> there was another recent one too I don't know if I sent you this one or not but there was another recent one about the episode that we did on Danny LaPlante and they said that there's a new like book coming out on it so he basically said like you might want to do another episode after you read this book Ooh, uh, maybe we'll do an up- update Yeah, so definitely anything like
0: that.
1: It's good to read.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And any updates that we aren't following too, like for cases we've covered, especially like those unsolved ones. Uh, I know, like Sid and I were talking about earlier, we posted on social media about the Ellen Greenberg update. Basically, new evidence was provided to investigators, and the District Attorney is reinvestigating and looking into the case for the first time in years, which could potentially reopen it and have it redeclared an open case instead of a suicide. So fingers crossed on all of that. Yes, Uh, but we'll try and uh, keep updates too on there. So if you see anything as a listener of something we have covered and we haven't mentioned like updates, Feel free to send it to us. Sometimes it's really hard to try to keep track of any everything in life. <laughs> That's very true.
1: Am I missing and anything else? You can um, rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you haven't already. That helps us get noticed and it makes us feel good about ourselves.
0: Yeah, it's greatly appreciated. Like I said... We love the feedback, especially positive feedback. It's nice to hear. So we appreciate it. We really do. I think that's it now. (laughs) That's definitely it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And I guess we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Woo ha ha ha